Welcome to Kaiju Network Podcast, where we have a healthy obsession with Kaiju. I am your co-host, Kent, and with me is your other co-host. Jason, how's it going? So for the first time in a little while, we're going to be talking about a movie. And this is a movie that I think ever since Sony uh, Chiba's passing uh, recently has kind of slowly started creeping in to uh, what's so funny. <laughs> uh, just with you saying... For the first time, we we're talking about a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, we're having a discussion. We're not doing Haven't a commentary. We've been, <laughs> been talking about a movie. <laughs> That's joke, joke it aside. <laughs> Look at what you made me do. I lasted 11 years, and that's all it took to get me off. <laughs> joke it aside. <laughs> But anyways, this is a movie that I think has started to slowly creep in to becoming more noticeable by, uh, f- you know, fans of, of Sonny Chiba and, and fans kind of like us and some of you that are listening to this who are enjoying uh, Japanese sci-fi cinema and, and, and the like. And that is Invasion of the Neptune Men. Um, this was a movie that uh, – was released in 1961, so a fairly early film. I mean, obviously, if you've seen it already uh, in preparation for this discussion or if you saw it way before this whole podcast that we're doing here, uh, released in 1961, um, Sonny Chiba obviously looks very young. This is a few years before um, his uh, movie that I really love. I've always called it a guilty pleasure of mine, and that is The Golden Bat. That's one of my guilty pleasure films of all time. Um, and so, uh, Jason, I, I guess uh, before we even um, get to discussing the film, is there any housekeeping or anything that you want um, to uh, discuss or need to discuss? Yeah, as far as the whole live stream situation that um, if I can uh, do something here pretty quick here um, yeah so uh, as far as the streaming situation uh, we're still having some problems with our YouTube (laughs) uh, uh, ordeal for some reason still not able to stream live uh for that regard uh so right now just uh live streaming uh via on twitch dli facebook and uh periscope and you can subscribe to us uh on those then you can also like and subscribe all of our videos on our youtube page still uh we're still uploading uh videos through there and uh as far as our uh, audio versions of the podcast. You can find us over at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, as well as uh, TuneIn. And um, before we dive into the invasion of Neptune, I just stumbled upon this uh, little article here. Uh, it's about, uh, it's from Sci Fi Japan, and it's talking about. A first look into a upcoming Daikaiju movie called Yuzo, uh, the biggest battle in Tokyo. And I'm not sure for you, Ken, if you have um, Twitch or something uh, 
going on on your end. And it's just kind of uh, talking about an exclusive first look into a, uh, obviously, Daikaiju movie uh, from a filmmaker, uh, Yoshikazu Ishii. And he was, uh, was an, apprentice, uh, an apprentice of the late uh, Toho uh, via uh, visual effects. I can't talk right now. The late uh, Toho Vietnam veteran. <laughs> uh, Koichi Kawakita and served as a special effects as- assistant director on Godzilla Final Wars. Uh, was it Negotiator uh, Mashita Masayoshi Daimajin Canon and Ultraman Mabius. And uh, so it's just kind of uh, talking a little bit of this uh, upcoming Daikaiju film and showing some uh, pictures and the like, as well as a list of credits and the staff there. And I'm not sure when this is going to be coming out, if I can just kind of scroll along here. Uh, From what I'm seeing here, there isn't a uh, set date here um yeah as far as the cast here we got uh uh ken hiko uh, fujita uh takashi toyota uh takuya fujisaki uh bako meida uh haru nobu uh nomura and so on and so forth and then i think i saw some familiar names here uh yeah, Kenji Sakama, uh, who appeared in Gamera 2 and other films. And, uh, yeah, so other than that, the look of the monster here, I'm assuming, is Yuzo. It looks uh, pretty unique in a way. It kind of has that uh, uh, Ultraman-esque look to it. So um, I don't know if you have anything else that you want to add to this otherwise we can just uh this is the first time hearing about it yeah same same for me i just heard about this oh gosh about a little over 30 minutes ago so (laughs) (laughs) noob (laughs) look who's talking All right, so we're going to go ahead and discuss our movie for this episode. Uh, In the U.S., it's titled Invasion of the Neptune Men, and it was picked up by uh, Walter Manley uh, in 1964, dubbed into English. Uh, Anyone who thinks maybe that name Walter Manley sounds familiar, it is because they picked up the uh, Starman uh, serials uh, from the late 50s and they ended up uh, editing and, and dubbing those and, and what have you as well and and I knew immediately and this is the second time I've seen the film and um, when I first saw this movie uh, earlier this week for the podcast I, I think the last time I had seen it may have been three or so years earlier, so it had been a while. But when I saw the title card come up for the movie, I knew immediately, like, this had to be Walter Manley. And then, of course, after the title screen faded away and they started doing the credits for the film, uh, Walter Manley was like the second or third card to to come up. And so immediately I was just kind of like, 
Okay, yeah, Walter Manley. And I kind of like what they do with the dubbing job. Uh, the name of the movie in Japanese is pronounced uh, Uchu Kaisoku Sen, if I, I'm not a native Japanese speaker or anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a, not a Japanese speaker, which kind of roughly translates into the Space Greyhound. Uh, filmed and produced by Toei. And of course, uh, Toei also did Golden Bat a, a few years later. So um, here's now, the plot. And, I'm And uh, one of the things that when I was first seeing this for the very first time, that the way that it looked like, for some reason, I sort of thought it was a Starman movie until like, uh, oh, uh, Iron Sharp as a superhero is called. And I was like, nope, it's not a Starman movie at all. But he's called Space Chief in in English. <laughs> so I'm going to read the um, synopsis off of the Wikipedia page here. Uh, astronomer Shinichi uh, Tachibana, played by uh, Sony Chiba, has a secret identity as superhero Iron Sharp or Space Chief in English and has many children as friends. When they are attacked by a group of metallic aliens or Neptune men in, in the English dub, Iron Sharp drives the aliens away. The resourceful Tachibana helps develop an electric barrier to block the aliens from coming to Earth. After several losses by the aliens, they announce that they will invade the Earth, throwing the world into a state of panic. The aliens destroy entire cities with their mothership and smaller fighters. After Iron Sharp destroys multiple enemy ships, Japan fires a nuclear missile at the mothership, destroying it, and the world is saved. So, um, like I said, this is my second time seeing the film. Um, Jason, because this is your first time, sort of tell us what your expectations were coming into this. Like, have you heard of it before? Just kind of what were your expectations coming into this film? Um, not much. <laughs> I didn't really have much expectations at all. That's, you know, just with that uh, few second pause, that's that's all I can say about it. So um, I've only heard it uh, briefly, maybe a few times over the years. And um, I'm not – I know I've seen a lot of the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, episodes over the last several years, but I don't even think I've even seen – their episode of Invasion of Neptune Men. So, um, so with that, I just didn't really have much expectations <laughs> going into this. Um, like I said earlier, I thought that this was a Starman movie the way it looked. But, uh, yeah, just it wasn't the case. So <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. Okay, so kind of now, in, in sort of in a nutshell, what are your impressions now of the film? Without like going deep, like into a final thought type of deal, like in a nutshell, what are your thoughts, you know, of this film after seeing it for the first time? Um, I don't know. Just I was just sort of bored with it. You know, uh, it it was sort of good at first with everyone getting involved and stuff but then uh just with the ending like towards the end it i i was just sort of out of it you know it just felt really boring and just 
you know, it felt like uh, Latitude Zero in a way, especially with that whole chase scene in there. It's just sort of like this. It's just spaceships just going all over the place. Not much dialogue here. Uh, it was just very boring to me. So for me, um, I, I this movie is available on YouTube free to watch. So those of you who may not own the DVD can go ahead freely and find it and watch it there. I bought uh, the DVD. It was a double feature, and it's like it's called Drive-In Double Feature, something like that. And it's got this movie along with Princess Space on it. And Prince of Space, if you thought this movie was dull, if I remember correctly, again, it's been three or four years. I, if I remember correctly, I think Prince of Space may have even been more dull uh, than this film. And at some point, I would like for us uh, to cover that film as well. But second time viewing Invasion of the Neptune Men, uh, I, I did find myself inadvertently – Spacing off and focusing on a few other things occasionally, that was which like me, yeah. Uh, uh, and the the weird thing about that though is that this movie, yes, it it occasionally has moments where it kind of slows a bit, but it's not a very long movie. I think it's like seventy five minutes, if I remember. Yeah, according to YouTube, so, for me, it was about uh, right around an hour fifteen minutes. Yeah, so it's not very long, but there are a couple moments where it gets a little slow, nothing overly slow. But at the same time, there's some decent action. I think kind of what the problem is with this film is that, you know, Toei, I, I think, more or less wanted this to be a kid's film because there are six kids we see pretty frequently throughout the course of this movie that are Space Chief, Iron Sharp, whatever you want to call him. They're the the kids that befriend him uh, and what have you. I think more or less this was kind of a, a kid's type of film. And uh, and I and I don't know when Toei, Toei came into business or anything like that. The tokusatsu genre was kind of relatively new still uh, at that point in Japan. Yeah, they, um, they were founded in 1938, so about uh, – uh, Not quite 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I just kind of wonder – if Toei, to a certain extent, and I don't know their entire history or anything like that, I almost wonder if this is sort of one of their initial toe dippings into this particular genre and not exactly sure how to go about producing a more livelier film. Because um, one thing that um, that needs to be known is that this movie was produced, including Golden Bat a few years later, uh, was produced – at a time in which Sony Chiba wasn't quite popular yet, uh, he was going back and forth between TV and film during most of the 60s. It wasn't until about the late 60s that he really became popular, and that's kind of when more or less he kind of did strictly um, film by that point. Um, and I just kind of wonder if Toei was – this may have been one of their earlier films in which they were just dipping their toes in, uh, trying to get a feel for it. And maybe this was just kind of – you know, kind of like a lot of first endeavors. It, it's very 
it, it, it's haphazard. It's missing a lot of things. But at the same time, I have to admit this film is very unique. It's very interesting in that it's got it's, – it's a typical alien invasion film, but I like the costumes despite the fact they're partially ridiculous for the Neptune men. I um, it almost like, felt like uh, the Forbidden Planet in a way, especially how the Neptune men kind of <laughs> um, dressed up. I I like a lot of the the spaceship sets. I think those are pretty cool. Uh, Sony Chiba's uh, space chief suit is kind of cool, kind of hokey at the same time, but still unique. His spaceship is nothing more than a a tricked out car. I mean, I kid you. (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, I kid you not. Like when you first see him, you're like, oh, he's coming in a rocket, and then it lands. It's nothing more than a car that has been retrofitted to look like a spaceship. It's one of the silliest things you're going to see in this film. And uh, and one of the things I wanted to point out too is is that while I was watching this film and I was trying to figure out who made this uh, what studio made this movie, but then when I heard the uh, sound effects for this, it was it was the very same sound effects that were used in Golden Battles. Like, I I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Toei was uh, was a studio behind this. And sure enough, when you mentioned about it, it was like, yep, <laughs> that confirmed it for me. But uh, yeah, as far as uh, me spacing out it <laughs> for this uh, movie and stuff, I think it was just more or less kind of the whole staff behind it as far it just felt like they didn't quite know what direction that they want this film to go and it just and even uh, the cast they just seemed sort of lost at times there were some moments where they felt like that they had some sort of chemistry but Overall, they just seemed like they just didn't even know what was going on. From time to the, time. the film, the film, considering it feels longer than it actually is, one of two things should have happened: either certain scenes should have been cut, uh, either partially or entirely. Particularly, the ending should have been cut. <laughs> if that felt or, like it down way too much. Or, um, well, I don't know why you would want to cut the ending. That's kind of one of the periods of the movie in which the most action happens. I'm talking about shortening it up. It felt like it just lasted way too long the way it should have been. Plus, there there was barely any dialogue in there at all. Well, yeah. Um, And again, like I said earlier, I I wonder if this is one of Toei's earlier endeavors at attempting a special effects film. Um, but yeah, either certain things should have been trimmed or cut entirely or certain things should have been rewritten. Obviously, I think certain things should have been expanded. Uh, unless I miss something, I don't ever recall seeing or um, hearing anything about Sony Chiba's Shinichi Tachibana character being the space chief. Like he doesn't come out and like wink at the kids or wink at the camera yeah, I, or I anything of- like that. I sort of assumed his character was the Iron Sharp 
or space chief <laughs> for that yeah. matter but it it didn't really uh confirm it towards the end or something of the sort i was kind of expecting that yeah and it makes me wonder if either something was filmed and they cut it uh, or maybe they didn't have the time to cut it because maybe they had a very short shooting schedule. I, or, I assume that they probably did originally film some sort of uh, scene with him being the Iron Sharp, but then in the end, someone made the, the decision to just kind of say, oh, let's just sort of keep it a mystery or something. See, the thing is, I'm more inclined to believe that we're supposed to think they are two different characters. That's what I'm thinking that studio or the director wants us to think about the film. That even though anybody who is familiar with like um, you know Sony Chiba's facial features can point out easily that he's the one who's space chief and again it just leads me to believe that with this particular film that i think we are supposed to believe there are two separate characters but then and this is by no means a perfect movie in some cases this movie is kind of a mess in in a few areas because not like i just said are we supposed to believe whether or not his character is also space chief is that one of the things if if it is then they messed up big time on that and And another thing too is space chief never comes in contact with the scientist space chief is also op'd um and he disappears for like a large chunk of the film well and that and that's sort of my criticism too as far as the staff behind the film that just felt like they just didn't even know what direction they wanted to go with this movie and hence why it felt like the the cast in this film didn't quite have the chemistry with one another. Well, yeah, and again, because of the the six kids in this movie, I would argue they are more the main characters than Sony Chiba is and anyone else in this film. You know how kids' movies are, and I know this isn't really a, a, a good excuse uh, for haphazard or terrible writing. But in a lot of kids' films, you know, they, a lot of writers and directors and stuff are kind of like, well, it doesn't matter about some of the details and some of the continuities because kids are more uh, in tune with the action, you know, uh, more specifically boys. This would be a film that probably would um, be more entertaining to boys and it would be girls and and as a result they just want to see like weird creatures and action and and things like that and look you know when i was a kid that's all i cared about too about a lot of my movies like if it was a dinosaur movie it's like i want to see the dinosaurs i don't want to see the people i don't care about what their plight is i just want to see the dinosaurs Mm -hmm. um but like i said that's not necessarily an excuse for mediocre bad writing um and the the unfortunate thing though is because this is such an obscure film that there's very little uh in the way in terms of any information or, or, or what have you uh, on the film. Uh, so we just don't know. And um, excuse me. Um, it, it, it's very interesting. I, I think this is a film where sadly, despite the fact that there are 
quite a few things going on most of the time. They do spend too much time, I think, lingering in a few areas because a lot of time is definitely spent around this electric barrier around the city, uh, designing it and setting it up to the point to where it covers and protects the city well enough uh, from the Neptune men. Um, one of the things I kind of want to make fun of a little bit is the initial um, – meeting of space chief and the neptune men <laughs> in which the fight choreography is absurd are you talking this about is, the uh, the beginning where they first meet up yeah yeah th it, this is definitely sony chiba before he became sony chiba street fighter i mean the 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 martial arts is very pedestrian the neptune men don't do much of anything except get kicked and then get up and they kind of walk a little bit with their arms a bit We're extended like, oh. out to the sides i like the <laughs> neptune men though i mean look they don't really do a whole lot uh, they're more active and vocal when they're in their spaceship later trying to make the assault on the city. Uh, but they don't do next to anything. And, and again, I think part of it is just the writing, uh, just the fact that this may have been one of their first science fiction movies and they just didn't exactly know what to do. Um Budget could be a concern too. Maybe they're like, look, we can't do a whole lot of special effects or make a lot of props or what have you. I mean, it could be a combination of all sorts of things as well. But it, I, I saw that and I kind of chuckled and then it kept going on for a little while. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, oh no, like if this is how like some of the action set pieces are going to be this is going to be eye rolling. Like it's kind of funny when you first see it, but then if it keeps going and then if this is the sort of thing that continues to happen over the course of the movie, this is going to be something else. <laughs> I would say the only thing that I really enjoyed when watching this movie is the practical effects as well as the visual effects, the practical effects as well as them doing kind of like the matte screen or the rotoscope, whatever that they had there, melding sort of the uh, the live scenes with the practical effects with the buildings exploding and all that. It was really good for the for the time that it that this film was made. It almost looked like a lot of that stuff coexisted with one another. It you didn't really see much of the scenes or didn't look really outdated uh, for that. And it looked like it aged really well <laughs> for this, uh, for the movie that it is. And uh, of course I got to mention, uh, <laughs> I know what's coming. <laughs> uh, the Hitler cut out on a, on a building before it blows up. I have, Whoever made the decision of adding a Hitler cutout on a built on a practical uh, no. on a miniature building <laughs> before blowing up? I almost wonder if that was real footage of something. It did not look like it because it blew up right when. Was Toei trying to send a message about something? Like I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, that, I'm sure I that noticed some, that too, I'm and I sure saw that, that there was some sort of uh, hidden meaning behind it, or some kind of inside joke or whatever. But 
<laughs> yeah, it, it was the most random random thing. Like like I told Jason like a, a little while ago, I, I was just kind of like, why in the fuck would there be like <laughs> Hitler type stuff? You know, it, it, granted, like I know during World War II, like, you know, Nazi Germany and Imperial Japan kind of had like an alliance of sorts going on. Mm-hmm. But still, like... <laughs> For something like that to be so random in which it's a movie that's nothing about World War II, you know, nothing about that. It's just a standard alien invasion film. It was like it was just <laughs> put there out of nowhere. Yeah, it's just – what the hell? Like it's just – I kind of had to laugh because, again, it's just one of those things that's so stupidly absurd. You, you just don't expect – and again, I had seen this before. But it's been a few years. You would think I would remember that. Now I will. Because it just, <laughs> I must have been spacing off maybe during that scene a few years ago. Um, but it's just so random out of left field. It's just <laughs> – I don't know. So let's get into uh, some more specifics here. We already talked a little bit about the effects. I think you and I are in the agreement. Oh, actually, one more thing I want to talk about before we get into more specifics here. One thing that uh, happened in the film that I think maybe Golden Bat uh, borrowed from is there's this moment in which a laser shoots a tree and Neptune men end up uh, being disguised as soldiers in the self-defense force. And you can tell that they are the aliens because they got like mascara or whatever uh, on their face. Um, It sort of reminds me a little bit uh, of Golden Bat in which in that movie i think one or two characters uh were replicated uh in that film and were the villains as well um i kind of found that whole sequence kind of interesting in the fact that uh, in several uh, moments when they shot self-defense soldiers they did a, the filmmakers did a very good job of outlining the the bodies of the soldiers that got shot like it was incredibly perfect i I mean it was fun because you're like okay things are finally coming coming into coming together for the neptune men we're finally gonna get a real shot at this because really throughout the whole course of the film the neptune men really are outdone by the electric barrier and then eventually space sheep the the neptune men really at no point by and large during the film have show, have been shown or given the opportunity to look like they're big baddies. In fact, they come off as being inferior in almost every way because they've never just been given the chance to like – granted, yes, they destroy some cities towards the end, but they can't figure out a way through the electric barrier. Of course, they try transferring soldiers. That kind of partially works a tad, but not much, but – they meet Space Chief, kind of like Starman. Space Chief is like Starman, and as a result, both are OP'd. You know, the the villains have no chance against these heroes. So, you know, the the villains kind of come off looking weak and, and incredibly incompetent. Yeah, and that's sort of one of the reasons why I thought this was a Starman movie because <laughs> the way how Iron Sharp looks like it's not too different from uh starman in a way not too much the mini cape and stuff the only difference is obviously the uh, the helmet or the headgear uh appearance and and when i saw the starman 
not Starman, uh, Iron Shark. <laughs> um, for some reason, it sort of reminded me of uh, Mirror Man in a way for some strange reason. I'm guessing the head, the headgear, because it sort of looks a bit similar uh, in a way, or one of the other Ultraman that kind of has a separate headgear. Um, but I'm not entirely sure the name of that specific uh, Ultraman character. But uh, yeah, it just yeah, it's the way that this film is portrayed is kind of gives off that Starman vibe in a way, which is why I was sort of confused at first, or I initially thought this was a Starman movie. Okay, so kind of let's get into more general specific areas and um, discuss them. We already talked about special effects. I think you and I are in agreement that by and large the effects were this were, were pretty darn good. A little bit hokey maybe in a few areas, but by and large they work. So what are some things – well, what do you make of the story? You know, uh, like we said a couple times, it's a bare bones, basically an invasion story, but – what, what what do you make of it? Like you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. Are you in the middle? Like where where are you on the story? As far as the story on this one goes, I think uh, you know for this uh, day and age when this was released, I think it was at least pretty good for what it was. I would say around average, maybe a little, just barely above average. So uh, for something like this. Um, at least they uh, sort of had something going for it uh, besides with uh, some of my earlier uh, viewpoints on the overall uh, thing of the movie. At least they sort of had a bare bones, uh, pretty decent uh, story to go off with. Yeah, I'm going to say as far as the story, it's basic. There's nothing really wrong with that. Um, I, I just think, again, I, I have a real issue with overpowered heroes. I don't want the villains to be overpowered either and more or less, you know, pull like, uh, you know, a 2007 Transformers where like your big bad is so dominating that your hero can't even get a shot in. Um I, that's kind of my biggest issue with the with the story is that the hero is just overpowered. Um, there there are plot holes. There are a lot of questions I have about various aspects, including why all the you know why did Space Chief all of a sudden decide to just disappear for a large chunk of the movie, including uh, even uh, the initial attack by the Neptune Men on the city, even though the electric barrier did a very good job of that. Why didn't Space Chief come in and be like, look, these in, the, these Neptune men are sitting ducks. Might as well just finish them off right here and right now. There's no explanation, no nothing. Um, it's it's kind of frustrating and, and, and irritating uh, on that front. Uh, but stuff like that, I can kind of just let it go for the most part. Um um, it does linger a, a little bit here and there on a few moments. Nothing, you know, overtly long. I, I would say though, but um, it's not as engaging as you'd like it to be. But I think for what they try to do, they did okay. I mean, it's mm -hmm. fine. Um, so, what do you? What, let's. Uh, what are some things that you dislike about the film? 
Well, like I said, uh, the final part where they were having that uh, final battle scene with the spaceships and everything, it just, there wasn't really, uh, well, I should say there was barely any dialogue throughout that entire part. It just, that was the only part that where I was spacing out quite a bit and was doing some uh, other things. During, during that time when I was having uh, the video uh, sort of running in the background on YouTube while I was uploading a couple of videos on our YouTube page and also watching uh, college game uh, college football uh, game day uh, on the TV here and that's like I said it just it just made me sort of uh, you know, space out and just not really pay much attention to the movie, especially with barely any dialogue towards the end there in the final fight, and uh, just just kind of the overall uh, part of the film. It just wasn't really engaging at all, even though the story was good, but just the way how they executed uh, the film overall. It, they just didn't really bring you in. Yeah, I mean, I, we're both in agreement on this too. That the story is there to have some fun. It's just that they just drop the ball occasionally as far as trying to engage the audience. I would say that is indeed my biggest criticism of the film too. I would also say another criticism is they could have done better with Space Chiefs. Uh, means of transportation the the tricked out car is kind of funny it's <laughs> nice for a chuckle but they could have done better including building like an immobile model of a rocket you know or yeah. something i would have been okay with that it's just that it looks really stupid and um, and the other criticism i have besides the the space car is the dubbing of the kids themselves because it seems like that they had some uh regular grown-up guys trying to dub as some of the kids there it just oh, absolutely. that was that was one of the other things that sort of pulled me out of the film was, well, we was see, the, the kids you know the thing is is that you know you and i we've been fans for almost 30 years when it comes to the kaiju genre and, and these sorts of films i mean we've we've noticed numerous times where you can tell in a, not, a lot of these films, yeah, you will um, have grown-ups dub kids. And in fact, I, if I remember correctly, I think in one of my books, I think they even had women dub children on occasion uh, as well. Have, yeah, I know that they have women dub like some of the younger uh, right. or kids for anime. Yeah, and, and you know that's nothing new. It does it pull you out, yeah. But at the same time, again, you know when you're young, like we were there way back in the, in, in the age of prehistoric man, um, you know certain things like that would not only pull you out, but it would bother you a bit too because people would make fun of it. And you know you're so serious because this is something that I love. And then as you get older, you usually learn to just kind of relax and like not take certain things so like you anybody who has been listening to us long enough and especially listen to us during our commentaries god knows we 
make fun of that stuff all the time. We're oh, like yeah. an extension of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Not as great as Mystery Science Theater. I'm not saying that. But we're like them in that we will make fun of these movies, but that doesn't mean we hate them or we dislike them. We love them, but – <laughs> you know, you can't take things overly seriously. And that's why, you know, I've said it on this podcast, I think a couple times before, where people who take serious offense to the Lake Texarkana Gamera 2 dub really just need to take a chill pill. I mean, these are just movies for crying out loud. And right. who's to say that the people dubbing them hate the film? I mean, for crying out loud, it's ADV. That's. You know, they're making money on this stuff. Why would they, you know, make, you know, like be at a point where they're like, hey, let's, you know, we think these are stupid. Let's make fun of it. Like, apparently you don't have a problem with things like Mystery Science Theater 3000 or Rift Tracks, but yet somehow you have a problem with ADV doing, you know, a, a Lake Texarkana dub of, of game like people just need to learn to calm down <laughs> but, uh, continuing on with the dubbing part uh there was quite a bit of areas as far as the english dub where it just felt like some of the dubbers didn't quite feel like that they were interested at all at times and that was also one of the other reasons why i was kind of not engaged with the film a whole lot and just sort of spaced out and worked on other things or watched other things while that was still running in the background. <laughs> well, and it's Walter Manley. I, 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 I'm slightly in disagreement with you on this because I love those Starman uh, films that they did, that they put together. Um, they're not – have we covered those yet? I know I wrote articles on them. I don't believe we have yet. Not that I We need to do that we need to do that at some point. I know those DVDs are getting harder to find. I don't know if they're on YouTube or not, uh, but at some point we need to cover them. Well, but, like, um, was it uh, Prince of Space? Was that a Starman movie? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Um, but those movies are by no means perfect, meaning uh, Starman. Um, but they are, I think, a lot of fun. They, they There's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of imagination behind them. Those were made by Shintoho in the late 50s. I think they were... 58, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they were fairly early in, in the tokusatsu run, but they're a lot of fun. Yeah, they, they get a little goofy and silly and kind of absurd at points too, but they're a whole heck of a lot of fun. I think once we get to the point to where we cover them, I think Jason will uh, enjoy particular aspects of of those as well. Um, well, I know I've seen yeah. Starman from, from time to time, especially when they had the fest yeah. Fest, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now let's kind of end it on things we did enjoy. What What are some things you did like? Well, uh, <laughs> well, we already talked about nothing, the practical really. <laughs> effects, so <laughs> that's that's the one thing that I liked. Um, <laughs> yeah. Other Other than that. Um, I mean, Sony Chiba, <laughs> that's probably one of the other good things about it. <laughs> well, and then uh, I mentioned earlier about the, the suits for the Neptune men. That was pretty cool. Uh, like, as stated earlier, it kind of reminded me of the uh, the Forbidden Planet in a way. 
Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on on everything you said there. I would expand it also to areas like I I enjoy the interior sets of the Neptune Men Mothership. Um, I think those were done. Shut up. I think those were done uh, very well. Don't call. Don't tell me to shut up. (laughs) Did you hear that, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard it. That was loud. Like, (laughs) fuck, dude. Some of us are trying to podcast. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Um, But kind of lost my train of thought there for a moment. Um, I did uh, did enjoy kind of the minor infiltration of the Neptune men into the base in hopes of trying to destroy the electric barrier over the city as well. I did like that. Um, I... I, I like the um, sci-fi-ness of the film, too. I, I like the fact that it's got rocket ships. you got a hero who's also uh, an alien being with a unique um, suit and means of transportation. The aliens are pretty fun as well, including, like Jason said, their suits and, and their rockets, um, you know, laser beams, the fact that it's, a you know – the sci-fi-ness of the film too in terms of its ideas and its concepts are what I enjoy uh, about it as well. And then I I would say that uh, probably the final thing that I enjoy most about this film is the destruction of the Hitler building. (laughs) (laughs) Bring that back, huh? Well, I I don't have anything else <laughs> to, to add after that movie, one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a movie that's fairly straightforward. There's not a whole lot of nuance or layers to this film at all. So I, unless you want to talk about something else, I would say let's just get into our final thoughts and our rating here. Well, other than that, I was just sort of bored mainly towards the end when they were having that long ass battle where there was barely any uh, dialogue in there but um, at least the story was there and it was pretty good but the execution of it, it they just sort of missed a mark on it it just felt like uh, the staff behind it they didn't quite know what direction to go with on there they uh, the cast, uh, they sort of had a good, uh, a nice chemistry there from time to time, but uh, overall, it they just didn't seem like there wasn't a chemistry there overall. Um, however, the practical and visual effects uh, for this film was very good probably the best part out of this entire film and it looked like it aged very very well um and uh as well as some of the costume designs uh for it was really good also sort of cheap uh, in some areas (laughs) face guard (laughs) um covid <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, uh, Invasion of the Neptune Man it just is just sort of a movie that's sort of uh, forgetful in a way. Unfortunately, 
rating? I would say I would have to do a a barely level uh, pass on this one. Okay. Yeah, um, I can understand why you would feel that way about the movie. Uh, I think you and I more or less saw the same thing, and and I think we agree more or less on a lot of the same things. I kind of am in in disagreement with you on a few areas. Like I think the conclusion of the film – uh, yeah, long. I, 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 I find it interesting, though, still, and I know you said there's no dialogue, but the fact that the endings to movies kind of like this, you always want to have big action set pieces. I still kind of find it funny that you would uh, complain about something like that, considering you were talking about how throughout much of the film you were not as engaged. Um, but I think Invasion of the Neptune Men is definitely a very flawed film for sure there there are a a lot of questions that i walked away from some of which i mentioned uh, earlier in this discussion as far as you know are we supposed to uh you know believe that uh, sony chiba's tachibana character is indeed the space chief or is this supposed to be a separate character and sony chiba just happens to play him we're, we're never uh, – no hints are ever given. Nothing was ever said either. I, I, I don't know. And there are just a bunch of other questions over the course uh, of the movie that are not answered. And again, I think this was a film that was aimed more at a younger audience. Again, I know that doesn't um, – that's not necessarily a good excuse for you know even subpar writing but still i mean we still see it even today i mean i got young kids i still see it in some of their tv shows and their films where um you know certain plot elements are are dropped or completely forgotten simply because they're like well that's kind of not what kids want or care for um so you know this has been something that's been going on for a long time um it's a mildly decent film, in my opinion. I, I think what happens here with Invasion of the Spacemen ends up being improved uh, like five years later with Golden Bat. Golden Bat, I, I, in my opinion, is one of Toei's better science fiction movies that I have seen. Uh, that movie is by no means perfect either, but – I see a lot of similarities between Invasion of the Neptune Men and Golden Bat. Uh, I One of the things like I was yeah. talking about earlier was Infiltration of the Neptune Men. We eventually get a little bit of that in Golden Bat as well. Both have Sony Chiba in, in them as well. There are, I think in, in a general sense, quite a few similarities. I think it ends up becoming a bit more perfected with Golden Bat. Golden Bat is a significantly more fun and engaging film than Invasion of the Neptune Men. Invasion of the Neptune Men tried, but I think, again, this was an early effort that they just were not entirely sure how to approach it. And as a result, you get a film that is very hit and miss in spots. And I'm not as... um, I guess totally down on it as Jason is, but I 
I, I think part of it for me is that because I'm also just a huge sci-fi, classic sci-fi movie fan as well, and really since the start of this month, I consider that the start of the Halloween season for me. I've been watching a lot of those older uh, science fiction films. Some of them are A movies. Some of them are B movies. Uh, I like that old-timey stuff because I think it, it w- the, the ideas were more creative than a lot of what we see today. I think today they, they – are trying to become more artsy fartsy for lack of a better term. Um, and I think they tried to have more fun with those types of films back in the day as well. Um, I like the sci-fi-ness of it. I, I think it checks off that box decently well. I can go along with aesthetics and a general idea as well, as long as it's um, nothing that is just totally like flushed down the toilet or completely ignored. And it's not in this film. Um, I, I still think – I think for Sonny Chiba fans – this is something you still might want to check out. It's some of his earlier work. This was a number of years before Sony Chiba became Sony Chiba. Um, on top of that, though, too, just general kaiju fans, regardless of whether or not you're a big Sony Chiba fan or not. Um, you know, I, I still think it's maybe worth a look. You know, if if you're a fan of uh, kaiju movies and, and general tokusatsu films, and you haven't seen this one, I I still think it's worth a look, just because there may be something here that you might enjoy. I'm not saying anyone is going to fall in love with it. Maybe there are some people out there, but I think the people who will fall in love with this are people who maybe did see it at, at a time in which they were younger and have a lot of nostalgia for it and any young kids right now that see it uh you know it maybe it'll click with them as well i think for any adults however um my voice is cracking it sounds like i'm going through puberty it seems like this happens almost every show now (laughs) um but i i think for those of us who are older fans at this point i i think most of us are going to walk away going it's fine. You know, it's not going to be a film we're going to watch every year uh, or frequently at all. There, there are a few nuggets here, but nothing that um, is overly entertaining or exciting or memorable here. It's fine. And with that, I'm giving it a rent. Uh, as as my grade, I think I think there is just enough here that I, I I think for Sunny Chiba fans and just general Tokusatsu fans that I think this one is still worth a look. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it hurts to look once at something. This is by no means the worst thing I've ever seen. It's not the worst Tokusatsu I've ever seen. Um, it's fine. And in my book, that's still passable, barely passable, but still passable. And so with that being said, um, I want to give a a quick update here on our schedule. Our next show is going to be October 2nd. We're going to have a later start time on that. We're going to be starting at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And during that one, it's going to be a commentary. Uh, This movie is also on YouTube, uh, Aegon the Atomic Dragon. So um, we're going to be doing a commentary on that on October 2nd. And then two weeks after that, we're doing the Aegon 
discussion. So back-to-back episodes dealing with the same film. I think and the last time we did that was with Godzilla vs. Kong earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah that, so. that was the case. And I think that this will be uh, the overall discussion of Aegon on the 18th, I think, will be the last episode for about, 16th. Um, for about uh, a couple months. Let me double check here. Uh, yes, this October sixteenth will indeed be our last show up until December eighteenth. Yep, yep. Because and uh, yeah, because I'll need the extra time to uh, move out of this uh, current place I'm in uh, right now and get everything uh, set up over at uh, my new place back in uh, Iowa. So. So and then also have uh, much better internet at the time. So <laughs> we'll find out though. Mediacom. Oof. Well, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I won't be getting Mediacom. I'll. I'll be going with uh, Western Iowa Network. So it's, I'm going to be getting never heard uh, of them. Uh, gigabit fiber optic <laughs> internet. So so that'll be that'll be good. So <laughs> and so uh, just to kind of let everyone know. The, the schedule for the rest of the year. As we said, October 16th is going to be our last show for a while. We're coming back December 18th, and on December 18th, we're doing a War of the Gargantuas commentary. So we're just kind of easing in, because Jason, I think, will still probably be unpacking during that time. And then we haven't decided on an official date yet. I have written down here either the 27th, 28th, 29th, or the 30th of December. Um, will be our year-end spectacular. Um, so uh, we, I mean, that's still far a ways off. We're not going to worry too much about a date at the moment. But we will uh, inform you all um, when that's going to occur and um, go from there. Maybe we'll try to get something ironed out bef- uh, by the time we do our uh, show on the 16th, perhaps. So we still got like a month to figure that out. So, um yeah, so um, why did we not do a show on the 25th this month? Because <laughs> we got three weeks. <laughs> yeah. We'll just kind of leave it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Um, so, yeah, just kind of letting everyone know kind of what's up. There are only a few shows left. Um, so, yeah, we'll you got a couple commentaries left and then the year end spectacular. And then we're, we got one more discussion, uh, as well. So that's what we got going. Yeah. And, uh, for our streaming, uh, video streaming and everything, just make sure to like, and subscribe to us on those uh, video platforms and our other social media networks as far as video platforms you can follow us on uh, twitch d live facebook periscope and youtube even though we're having some uh, difficulties as far as uh, streaming onto youtube hopefully we try to get something working out or possibly look uh elsewhere as far as other live streaming platforms and uh, you can also find us on the audio uh, platforms as well uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio and as well as uh, TuneIn and you can also find us uh, uh, you can watch us live at our own website over at uh, daikaijunetwork.com so uh, with that um, 
Yeah. Thank thanks. you so much for joining us. Thanks for watching, and we will see you yeah, or listening if this is an audio podcast <laughs> on October second. So, see you guys next time. <laughs>